Hello and welcome to the edition of Open All Lords, a QPR podcast. I'm joined with three other QPR fans. I'm Paul Finney and we'll also be joined by a QPR player once he pops on. As of yet, he's still travelling home from working, so he will pop on when he can. Right, first person I'm going to introduce is Joe Davenport, who's been on at the start of the season and he's back again. Hello, Joe, are you all right? Hello, mate. How's it going? I'm all right. We had a wee, we had a wee terrible trip on Saturday together, but we're over it now, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can only thank you for that. I woke up on Saturday morning without a ticket and I thought I can uh, get away with not going to Craven Cottage and seeing us get battered for once, but you came through with a last-minute ticket for me and ruined my day, didn't you? I'd like to think I'd, you know, I, I helped. We've also got making his pod debut, Jack Hughes, who's a boxer and his nickname is The Punk Kid Boxer. Have I got that right, yeah. Jack? Yeah, you got it right, mate. And how are you, Jack? I'm all good, thank you, mate. Yourself? Not too bad. Unlike the rest of us, you're a lifelong QPR fan. And um, have you ever mm-hmm. fought anyone in Chelsea short shirt? You know, like a Chelsea fan in the ring? Nah, no Chelsea fans yet. That'd be fun. I might come to that one. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, Mick, co- going to, but they, they, they probably won't get in the ring, mate. You know, they're like too posh. <laughs> um, not to have said you can't be a posh boxer before. Anyone could have said you could come from all walks of life and be an absolutely amazing boxer. So good of people who are good with their fists. Coming back to the podcast after a wee while, he came back for a brief appearance last season. Is one of our founding fathers, founding figures, absolutely all-round good egg, funny fella, marvellous. Um, but sadly, Chris Charles couldn't make it. So Chris Mendes is back. Hello, Chris. Wow, what an intro. Thanks, Vinny. Great to be back. Lovely to see your face again. Um, unlike Joe, I, was, uh, I wasn't able to get a ticket for the weekend, which I was gutted about before the game. Not so much after the game. But yeah, it seems to happen all the time up for them. What, not getting the ticket or getting bumped? The second one, getting bumped, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. We're going to come on to that in a second. Um, by the way, listeners, Joe and Chris went to school and uni together. So um, they know quite a lot about each other. So I wish I'd have known this years ago when I could have, when Chris was on the podcast, I could have embarrassed him even more than we we did. Hello, you're still famous for that um, incident with... Um, Philip mixing up Philip Beard's daughter with Philip Green. I don't think you'll ever go over that, Chris. That was one of the best yeah. moments of the podcast ever. Yeah, that was back when we used to film it in in Soho after a few beers. So that was definitely alcohol induced. Um, much more sensible these days. Yeah, it's just a horror in your face. Philip Beard's daughter. No. Anyway, right. But I suppose you'd better talk about Philip. I mean, I met up with Joe on Saturday and went to the game and stuff. And um, I don't know. I mean, we, we must have the worst record. It's almost getting as bad as the city ground, isn't it, Joe? It's just it's one of them grounds where you just don't want to go to anymore. But you will, and you'll continue to go to it. And I hope we one day we'll actually pump them. But it wasn't good, was it? No, I mean, it's, I, I read something just saying I think it was someone talking about the loft for ours, you know, kind of wrap up of the game, and it could have been summed up as just bogey team. That was it, really. It's like wherever, whenever we go there, apart from that one time where we we nicked the, a win with Silla in the last minute header. I feel like I've lo- I've been to a loss there every single time. Um, well, definitely, definitely in my lifetime of going there, it just feels like one of those places that you know it's, it's never good for us, and we just never show up for some reason. And that happens a lot with West London derbies, well, particularly in recent years against Brentford as well. We just never really show up. I don't know what it is about it. It's it's getting a wee bit of a. Of a, a nightmare scenario, was it? Because we actually felt quite positive about this one, and we were going into it, and we thought, you know what, we could we can do it this time. And then your, your dreams are, are shattered within, you know, the first half of the game where they just completely controlled the ball, and we, I think, we got done way too easy on the flanks. Did you get there, Jack, on Saturday, or did you watch no, I was it? At, I was at the um, Blackburn game, but I wasn't at the one on Saturday. But mate, it does seem like what Joe was saying it does seem Fulham have our number. I mean. The last couple of games I can remember, I remember they thrashed us 6-1 six, six, at their ground. And uh, is it Adam Johnson scored a hat-trick or whatever his name was? Yeah. Yeah, and then, then they Same thrashed us the season as well. And then they thrashed us again, man. It's just it's not good, is it? That was the one with Tarap left at half-time and went to the pub, didn't he? Yeah. He had enough <laughs> yeah. to get the bus. We, yeah, we should have left with him. 
But you know what annoys me more than anything about that place as well? It's getting in there, it's a flipping nightmare. And that, I mean, you know, you kind of go there and you see that half and half area where there's Fulham fans mixing with QPR fans. You think this is just a disaster waiting to happen. And it could only happen at Fulham. No, I don't think it could that at many other clubs. And and thank God it was nearly kickoff and it wasn't any hassle. I didn't see any hassle, thank God. But it just, it's just, uh, the atmosphere is rubbish. And then bloody, I know we say all the time, but then clappers, geez, Chris, honest to God, mate, grown men banging clappers at you in an angry fashion as if it's going to intimidate you. It's probably one of the saddest things you'd ever see. We don't need clappers. We get intimidated on the flipping pitch. Did you yeah. actually manage to catch the game? Yeah, no, I did. I saw, I saw that. I also saw, I'm not sure, I don't think it was that QPR game, but. Um, a Fulham fan recently went viral, kind of like you know, normally normally at games you've got people sneaking in the beers, but he was he was just cutting into his Victoria sponge in the stand. I've seen that from Waitrose? Yeah, I saw that. There are other Victoria sponges available. <laughs> I'm told, but yeah, it's 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 a, there's a strange setup. There's not really how do you be nice about it? Their fans are shade. I mean, there's no other two <laughs> ways to say it. I mean, you know, but also I think the border hammering us. You know, they start singing that song, Joe, like it's happening again. And, you know, and it's kind of, and it is happening again and it happens every time. It's kind of just like, I don't get why we don't turn up. Do you think yeah. we've, we've now got a psyche in our head that just means we just get pumped there or what? It's been five years since our last win there, October 2016. It's about time. I think, yeah, just just need to get out of the system. But our record is shocking though. I mean, it's worse than the city. As I said earlier, well, it is worse than the city. But also... We don't do ourselves any favours. Some of the defending in Saturday was ridiculous and we haven't done stupidness like that. We've been so positive, so upbeat, so far at this season. And um, I just, I don't know what you felt, Jack, but I just felt really low after the game because I just thought this is this is one we could actually win and it just went as, as a way that was before. Uh, it, obviously, yeah, to lose any like local derbies is disheartening because obviously you've got like mates as well that are like Fulham fans Chelsea fans and they're all just giving you stick for like weeks on end afterwards but I mean at least we I mean we're still in a good position in the table we got the win like the other day as well so I guess you know we're still we're still in a good position in the league so it's not too nothing to be too disheartened about Do, do you think Joe that we got the um, the lineup wrong Saturday or the positioning or what, what can you put your finger on it and then we're going to come on to Blackburn by the way because we already spent so much and getting beat up for them then we'll try and uplift the pod listeners I promise well first of all I can't believe that um, Dykes didn't start I mean like coming off the international break and him scoring in both games and seemingly on fire and, and just and not, and not starting just kind of set the set the stalls really for me on Saturday it's like well if we're going there like without our most informed striker starting then it kind of what are we what are we looking for out of the game or were, we, were we trying to frustrate them were we trying to nullify them what will, what were we trying to do and it's it's I think we were kind of just set up wrong from the get-go a little bit like the you know the Barnsley game and the West Brom one we just instantly as soon as the game started we knew right this isn't right but we just couldn't cope with the you know the quality that they have in Mitrovic and people like that but we showed we showed a fair bit of naivety in that first 20 minutes particularly from set pieces I saw Mitrovic basically standing on Seni Dieng for two corners in the first 10 minutes, completely unchallenged. No one even marked Mitrovic. And he's the, probably the, you know, the most lethal striker, highly paid striker in in the league. And to show that sort of naivety, it just means you're going to run into trouble. Do you know what do I think, Joe, we needed on Saturday? Could I be honest with you? And Chris and Jack, we needed a Clint Hill. Hello, Clint. How are you? Oh, God. Things can't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it looked like for his his goal, Mitrovic. He just kind of pushed. It looked like a push, didn't it? Or he just, it, you know, we just weren't weren't strong enough in the challenge there. I mean, Clint, please help us out here, big man. By the way, first of all, thank you for coming on the podcast. Secondly, why is it? What is it about for them? I mean, you've been there. I don't want to bring back bad memories. But what the hell is it about that place? We just crumble. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't have a great time there. I think I got substituted at half time. Uh, during one game uh, that I played there, but um, just seems to be a bit of a a, a bogey ground, doesn't it, to go to? Um, I don't know if, for, for whatever reason. I don't know. Is that is that something that plays? Is that something I'm saying that play, Is that something that plays on the players' minds when you know you've got a bad record to them? I, I wouldn't say so. No, I mean because it, it's, it's a local derby, and these are the kind of games that you look forward to playing in. Um, there's always a good following as well. QPR always take a big crowd there behind the goal. Um, but 
I, I think I'm, I'm looking at the championship now, and I'm, forgive me, I haven't seen much of it. So I've got my own problems going on where I am at the moment. But uh, I was going to mention that. To me, to me, there seems to be two or three, two or three teams that look like real quality, and then championship being the championship, it's a free for all for everyone else. Um, I, I think as, as, as bad as it says, Fulham have got some good players. The, the, the player you're talking about there, Mitrovic, is, is a Premier League striker and he's caused some of the best defenders in the world problems. So on his day, he's a handful. Um, but I, I don't think we should be getting too di- disheartened. You know, we're in a great spot at the moment. 21 They'll points. Yeah, yeah. 21 yeah. points, fifth at the moment. Uh, I think the club's come a hell of a long way in the past 12 to 18 months. So we can't forget about that. Um <laughs> So, no, listen, all positive signs. No one likes losing the derby, but still positive signs. Yeah, going, back, going back to the, the um, Adele one, what actually happened that day? With him? Like, I don't know. I, I haven't got a clue. I don't even think I was there, to be honest. Um, I know Adele being Adele, I think he just had a mad moment where things probably weren't going right for him and uh, threw, his, threw all his toys out with Pram. And the, the last thing I heard, he was trying to get a bus. Yeah, it was weird. I, I, I know you weren't there, but I thought you might have had like the That's all, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Not really a bus person, was he, really? Do you know he's playing deep uh, midfield now? He's, I, I've watched him, and I had to I had to look twice. I was thinking, wow. What, who, what is, who is this all-action midfielder getting stuck in tackles, running high distances, tracking back? I was like, thank, Does that God, disappoint thank you? God it's clicked. Thank God it's clicked. <laughs> thank but you. What a player, though. Um, to be a, what, what do you, by the way, Clint? What do you? I know you're um, you're a Hartlepool these days. Um, so I know your league position in that isn't great, I suppose. But is, is it? Nice. Be, yeah, yeah, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. I mean, the, the club obviously came up from um, non-league last year, so mm. it's. Uh, I think we we beat Bradford three-one the other night, which was a was a fantastic result. Um, well-supported club, by the way. Travel, yeah, a thousand fans at uh, at Salford, seven hundred at Bradford, six and a half, seven thousand on a Saturday. So, and they're, they're very vocal. So, it's a club going in the right direction, but obviously, it, it's come out of non-league, and it's going to take a bit of time uh, to to get things right. But it's been a good start. It's it must be hard, look, Clint, because. I don't mean to be disrespectful, by the way. Um, just when you come out of non-league into that league, it must be like for the club. It must be weird because clubs like Hartlepool, Notts County, that shouldn't really be in the conference. Let's be honest, dude. No, you know it's still, the way the system works, and, and even the, in the conference, the actual money in the conference is frightening. The amount of money you spent Salford there. I mean, how much money have they spent? There seems to be a lot of money even down that end of the table these days, which is ridiculously high. I think, um, I, I mean, you look at Wrexham. Wrexham is the perfect example. Hollywood superstars. We've got a TikTok is the main shirt sponsor, I think. Which Jesus. is, you know what I mean? It's 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 just unreal. Um, I mean, I know, I know some players don't want to go into league football because they're well paid at, at non-league and they've got a job to go alongside that as well. So they're getting well paid both ways. So they don't want to make that transition to the league. Um, but oh, really, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, because they they can work. And, and, and earn a living and they can pick up a wage playing football so it's it, it works both ways for them Jesus well, there is some Joe there. Joe what, what, what's your what's, have you ever been to Hartlepool Joe by the way it's one of the best away days ever can I just say when, I, when I've been to Hartlepool the, 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 the pubs are brilliant the fans are actually you know what Clint you're right the fans are brilliant and they've also yeah. got some strange traditions there now I think they dress up every year to the away game don't they I've seen uh, and loads of them coming down yesterday is one stress as Smurfs. <laughs> and, and I was sober. Joe, do you want to come and talk to, to Clint, ask him some questions? Because otherwise I'm just going to talk absolute yeah, yeah. shite for the whole podcast. <laughs> I see it. Well, I see, I see you're playing, um, you're, you're down in London next week playing late in Orient. Is that yes. right? We're going to see you, we're going to see you make a uh, little appearance at Loftus Road at halftime, maybe? Oh, yeah. I tell you what, it's, it's, been a, it's been a while since I've been there, to be honest with you. So, um yeah, I think the last time was a couple of years ago. So now we've got a we've got a nice trip down to Leighton Orient, Kenny Jacket as well. Yeah. Mm. So we were there, we played them in the cup um, you know, a couple of months ago. They were He's they got looked, them playing well, hasn't he? Yeah, they we they took us to to Penn, so they're they're a decent side. Yeah, they are. I think it, Kenny and Joe have done a good job there. Um so it's gonna be a difficult game for us for sure. I yeah, think yeah. we Paul Smith playing for them as well. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird setup. Have you been there, Chris, recently? 
it's a weird old setup where you can actually play football and people are doing the washing up as they're watching the game. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's weird. It's a weird setup, but um, I think they've got it's the flats, isn't it? Is it yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, is yeah it? that's right. Um, right. Okay, yeah. I've never actually been to Leighton or never been. No, same actually. Um, but so, noticed you, you got um, Wickham in the cup as well. So hopefully you get a run, run in there and we see you. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's going to be a hell of a tough game. That I mean, we've had some yeah. battles with Wickham over the last few years and they've come out on top on a couple of times. Um, but yeah, Gareth's done a, a fantastic job there and he's always good to see him. Did you cross over, you and Gareth? Sorry? Did you cross over, you and Gareth? No, no, I think. Um, How's it QPR? He went to Wickham, I think. He played in a in a friendly against QPR, um, but that's that's the only time I've kind of crossed over. All oh, right. Um, yeah, we've, we've had a couple of battles. You've got that kind of cult cult hero status with us fans, so you know. Yeah, he's got, he's got better dress sense than me, though, hasn't he? I think. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> you um, at Paul, you're you're obviously quite close to. Um, like location-wise to Middlesbrough where Neil Warnock yeah. is. Have you, have you met him yet for a, for a beer? You know what? Um, I, I actually texted him yesterday. Um, I said, listen, uh, Gaffer, I'm up I'm up in the northeast for two or three nights a week. It'd be great to see you. Um, he goes, yeah, no problem, son. Um, <laughs> so he said, just make it quick because uh, <laughs> if results keep going, you never know what might happen. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you, anyone see his press conference the other day when he said that life is like a box of chocolates thing? Oh, he's brilliant, mate. Seriously. Uh, if you've seen the ones on Twitter, there's ones on Twitter are fantastic. Seriously. What I he's, he's also handed out photographs of himself now, already yeah, signed. In his little bum bag. Brilliant. <laughs> Seriously, the only person who can get away with that. Seriously. Sign yeah. photos out of your bum bag. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. So by the way, talk with him next week. Oh, that'd be good. We got, by the way, um, Clint, we got we Jack Hughes on here. He's a boxer. I say we, three, twice the size of me. He's a boxer. And judging from how you played, have you got any tips from in the ring? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no, no. Don't follow me, for God's sake. Don't follow me. <laughs> were, you, were you a big Clint fan, Jack, by the way? Oh, yeah, of course, mate. He's an absolute legend. Like When you told me he was coming on, I got a bit, like, fanboyish. I was like, oh, my God, Clint, Hill. <laughs> Clint Hill's on the podcast. Like, yeah, of course, man, he's a legend. They're great tattoos then, by the way. Like that. Oh. Thanks, mate. I've got. I'm covered in them. I've got like fifty all over me. I was. Um, I was He's got your face on his back, Clint. Yeah, yeah I exactly. Yeah. Close, I was very close to going everything full sleeve, everything at one point in my career, and then I went. I just I didn't have the bottle for it. I just felt oh, really. Yeah, I had to cancel the appointment. I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> <finish it. laughs> did, did, did you Did you have a look at Jamie and think, now nah, you're all right? Yeah. Oh, well, Jamie. Yeah, it's for sure. Derry. It was another one. Bloody hell. <laughs> Some of the mad tattoos in that uh, in that dressing room. Seriously, are you, are you still in touch with all of those boys? The, the generation of yeah, yeah, and and yeah. what about Charlie? You still in touch um, with Charlie? So Charlie came into uh, when I was at Bristol Rovers. He came in last season uh, to have a little chat, have a little chat with the lads and, and the strikers and everything. So that was nice of him. What um, what do you make of his you know career progression from you know when he first joined QPR when 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 you were there? He was kind of coming up and then he's obviously gone on to make a name for himself in the Prem and now he's back with us. What, how, what do you make of his career then in that time that you kind of... Fantastic career. Fantastic career. Seriously. Um, from from the moment he he signed, you, you knew you had a player on your hands. You, you knew that if, if you give him one chance, more than likely it's going to be a goal. And the amount of, um, the, the amount of 1-0 wins we got that season just mm. showed how valuable he was. You know, we, we just thought if we can keep it tight, be horrible at the back, keep a clean sheet, you know he's going to come up with a goal. Um, and I think that's carried him on throughout his career, to be honest with you. Um, and QPR is his home, you know. I think he's, he's he's been absolutely delighted to get back. I think he's been trying for for a while, hasn't he, to get back to, to QPR. So it just seems to be the perfect match at the moment, that experienced head um, and that kind of kind of figure you look to in, 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 in a bit of adversity. I think you look at him and you go, yeah, we've got Charlie on board. We should be okay. I'd say what he has done, which is really not strange, but it's, it's definitely different to Charlie before, is the way he brings other players on there. He's, he's, he's took the role that you probably did, well, you did do actually at Rangers, where people aren't having that great of a time. He's putting his arm around them. He's talking to them all the way through the game. He's, him and Dykes have got a really good relationship. I mean, 
he does seem to have changed his game a lot, doesn't he? Since he's come this this stint to the last time. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's come back a probably obviously a more mature man. He certainly has with all the experiences that he's <clears throat> he's encountered during his career when he left QPR. He, he's grown in in so many different ways, um, and not only in, in, in experience in life, but in football. You know, he knows what's what needs to be done. Uh, and like you're saying, there, I think he's taken on another side to him as well in terms of being that arm around the shoulder, maybe telling a few people what's it about as well when they needed to. Um, but he's the main man there. And I think he thrives off that. A bit like Adele. He's the main man and people look up to. And I think he he thrives off that kind of atmosphere. Deep, deep land midfielder. Still can't get my head around that. That's still weird. I'm sorry. But <laughs> seeing, it, seeing Adele doing that role is just weird. Um, it's weird that you talk about the old QPR setup. You know what? I don't... I think this is a close... I don't Joe, Chris and Jack think, but I think the squad now is a closer we've had team spirit-wise since that um, 2010 days because they seem a lot more together because it all went wrong under um, various managers. And I don't like believing people like Mark Hughes, but I'm believing people like Mark Hughes um, for, for some of the players we brought in that completely destroyed the whole setup of the club. That must have been a sad time to be there, Clint, is just seeing the whole dressing room just turn into an absolute well, shit yeah. show, really. Yeah, of course. Listen, I mean, it's. I think every time I'm on, we always say it was the lads that kind of got the club to where it was at that time weren't given the opportunity. I think maybe for two or three games, they were given an opportunity, and then the whole carousel started turning. It was like a revolving door every transfer window. I, I'd love to actually count how many players were in that came through that door over those years. I'd love to know because I bet I forgot half of them, but there must be hundreds. What was the moment where you just realised this is not going to work? Can you put your finger on it? Um, for me, it was it was the trip to, it was a pre-season trip to uh, Asia where uh, we, we didn't do what I felt was adequate training. We were on a, a plane every day, uh, just on a tour. We, we, we actually... We actually got on a plane to go and train. That, that's how mad it was, you know. And then we brought the team that we were playing back on the plane. And I think we counted it. Oh God, I think it was 12 to 13 flights in, in 10 days we did. Flip. So we were we were exhausted, absolutely exhausted. And then I think the first game of the season was Swansea at home when we got Wallop 5-0. And I just thought, this, this ain't right, this. This isn't, this isn't going to go well. Yeah, that's it. That's... I forgot about that. That's a lot of flying, isn't it? I mean, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. The actual, the actual plane at one point lost all communication, all radar, and we had to, we had to dip below the clouds and follow the coastline. Oh, shit. To get into, to get into an airport, it was quite funny because I think the pilots come out, uh, out, out, out the cockpit. And you can see he had a bit of a warrior <laughs> concern, a little bit of sweat, but he's trying to be cool with it. And we're going, something's not quite right here. And then all of a sudden, the plane just goes, and we're saying, you're landing here. <laughs> that, that was for two or three hours on the coastline around. It was absolute madness. That was the QPR plane. Well, they wrapped. That's where I went wrong. Oh God! Jesus, but I mean, he, he was. I mean, there was the whole characteristic. I know. I'm just. I don't. I know. We talk about this all the time, but it's a shame, though. But do you think now? I know we said earlier on the more positive thing from them old days I have in the revolving door. We are getting it a lot right. The, the owners seem to have learned. We are doing it right. And then when you come back as a coach one day, Clint, hopefully you'll see the QPR that you associated better in the 2010 days. They definitely have learned. I hope because that was just. The yeah. worst experience because we, we weren't QPR anymore. We were just some kind of no. club that was just trying to be something that could never be, never wanted to be, and should never have even tried to be. No, no, definitely not. I mean, listen, it's London, West End. It's, it's a beautiful part of the, the world to live in, but QPR is still a very hardcore, working-class environment, you know what I mean? You've still got to keep that core. Um, I've always said they love the flair players, they love the number 10s, but they also love players who put in a shift for the team and that can never ever be lost it can't be um, and I just felt it lost that edge definitely towards uh, for those mad couple of years the yeah. identity went yeah I think and Paul what you're saying 
is is completely right, and we lost our identity. And I think this is the season where we've, we're first start, starting to see it come back. And like the likes of you say, the like the number tens and stuff. With, you know, we had we had Eze. That's that was the kind of the start that we started to see a bit of you know like flair come back and the players start to play again. And now Chair's stepped into his shoes and he's starting to shine. But then we're also seeing kind of the players that do the, you know, the backbone of the teams, the U and the Derry sort of players, like, you know, the, the defenders we've got at the back, Barbe and Yang and Stephanie Hansen and, and then Austin straight down the spine. It's like we're starting to see that kind of core coming back, the, the thing that makes QPR QPR. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it looks a good squad. It looks like it's been built. Uh, with a plan in mind as well, which is which is good. Um, they've made some good money with with some of the sales they've done as well. So listen, it's they've had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Had to learn the hard way. has been a lot of money lost and maybe could have been spent in, in other departments. But new training ground, I believe, is underway. Mm. Um, the bond as well has reached maximum, I, I believe. So listen, fantastic club, and I hope I hope um, they kick right on now. I really do. Clint, do you do you think that Newcastle fans everywhere right now are watching the four year plan going <laughs> is this how to do it or not to do it? Yeah, I, I could probably give them a couple of agents to stay away from like. <laughs> did you ever watch the four year plan? I did, yeah. What do you think Absolute of Absolute madness, wasn't it? <laughs> I thought, how how have they called this a plan? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's more oh, like a three-minute plan. Oh, mate, it was, it, was, it was some story, some story, wasn't it? And the way it just clicked with um, with Neil coming in and they got the right manager at the right time, I think. Um, and more importantly, I think they took a backward step and let him crack on. Yeah. Did you have, did you ever meet, obviously, did you have any run-ins with um, Bernie and Flavio or just, uh, just really, stay well in the way? I wouldn't say run-ins. I think, uh, I can't remember, I think towards the end, of that season, I was due a contract or something, and they, were, they didn't want to give me anything because, I, I, in their eyes, I wasn't uh, a star player, shall we say? So, uh, so Neil had to <laughs> Neil had to do some fighting for me to get a to get a contract extension. Yeah, flipping but, heck. But no, um, I, I'd never really seen them. Never really got involved. Like, like I said, I think they took more of a backward step that year, uh, and just let Neil uh, and Amit crack on and, and what an outstanding job they did yeah it wasn't bad I mean we've had worse seasons <laughs> Do you know what I mean I still think as fans we, we sometimes I know what you, you guys think we, we forget how good we were that season on reflection of things and I think we need to go back and revisit it sometimes because I think that's some of the best football it's certainly the best football that Neil Warnock's ever played at any football club I've ever seen and I know I'm biased because it's my club but we were just unbeatable at times that season weren't we like I said before, it, it was a team that had everything. To be honest with you, it could uh, it could fight if it needed to. Um, it could it could come back from from goals down. So it was resilient, uh, but also it had that magic, you know. And, and Adele was a big big part of that. But then he looks at the Hogan Ephraims and, and Tommy Smiths and Ali Forlan. Routledge was another one who came in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just just an outstanding array of talent in in the squad. Uh, but a hell of a lot of character as well, which was, which was good. And we conceded 32 goals in 46 games in the Championship, which is incredible. Yeah, that is outstanding, that, isn't it? I think Big Paddy, Paddy got, uh, God knows how many, got 20, 20 plus clean sheets that season. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. His, his, his Instagram is hilarious, by the way. I don't go on Instagram and Instagram. He loves a filter, doesn't he? <laughs> That's the big thing. Go, oh my god! You said you, you, you're getting younger every photo. Does that happen? It must be some mad filter on that Instagram. <laughs> it's weird because I looking back at it. I mean, I don't know. I think Ali Fallen and, and Paddy Kenny kind of got forgotten a wee bit. I would have had Paddy Kenny that season, almost as player of the season. To be fair, uh, you know, it, it's the way the way he did things and and and, and pull saves off. It, I forget. I think we definitely, definitely got rid of him way too early. I think he could have done a season in the Premiership. Yeah. Um, and we just didn't seem to... And that historical run with people like yourself and him were just, just sent out alone and displaced because I thought Paddy Kenny... I mean, it, what was he like to play in front of? Was he, was he as mad as a hatter? Like? Paddy was just a great character. Just just solid. Absolutely solid. Um, you, you knew you knew when, you, um, when he's relied upon. 
more often than not, you get it right. Um, you turn around and he'd be smiling, have a big smile on his face. And for some reason, that would give you a bit of calm, calmness in the storm, you know what I mean? Um, just a great character to have around the place. Um, definitely Neil Warnock's son, in terms of the way he was treated to everyone else. <laughs> well, more so than Tarab. <laughs> yeah, probably more so than Tarab, definitely. <laughs> really? He used to ask, he used to say to Paddy, listen, oh, should we give the lads a day off, son? Go, yeah, gaffer, gaffer, yeah, yeah. The lads need a day off, definitely. Goes, well done, son. So, um, yeah, uh, you, you go, you make sure you kept Paddy on your side if you wanted a couple of days off. <laughs> or contract talks. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think Paddy got the best deals out of all of us. <laughs> did, he, did he get player of the season that year? He did, yeah. I think he got players player. Did he get players player? Yeah, he got something, Adele, didn't he? Adele, Adele lost his, he, 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 was, he was gutted, wasn't he? Well, we didn't see that side. Go on, tell us. Yeah, no, well, that was at the player of the year, dude, wasn't it? He had, he had the sun, sunglasses on, and I think Paddy got player of the year, and he was absolutely fuming. Oh, dear. Absolutely really? fuming. After everything he's done and yeah. won and goals, and what did he get? Championship player of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got everything, and he was gutted he didn't get that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's just the, the character he was. He wanted everything. Everything. We, we obviously did he get the boss home. <laughs> We obviously, obviously thought there was a, a good bond between the players at QPR at that time during that season. What was the what was it like off the pitch? Did you guys hang out? Oh, we did, yeah. Straight from um, straight from pre-season. I think we went to went to a beautiful place, Rimini, Rimini, I think, Italy. Um, and to, to only one fight. To, to say we didn't drink would be a lie because we we did. We 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 drunk. We got together every night. We sung songs, we swapped clothes, we swapped hats. We had abs- it was an absolute ball. And then, just from then on, you just knew it was a special group. It really was. And at that first game of the season, I think it was four 0 wasn't it? Was it Barnsley? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just knew, wow, what a team this is! What a team! And it just kicked off from there. It's weird, look, because I felt that not just the manager, but everyone stepped up massively because. Obviously, Neil came in. We were doing. We were, everyone was often there. So this this lot are going down. There's, there's no way they're staying up. And then we we turned West Brom over, and then we went and I kind of think that what the realization is when we played Palace away. Obviously, you yeah. lot were getting stick. Um, yeah. But I thought that was one of the best performances of the season because we absolutely turned on them, and we and we had to dig in that game as well. And people forget that there's certain little games you look at sometimes. You look back at things. You think, yeah, from that game, you, you could see that, that this was going, and Leicester as well. Yeah. No, I think there was, there, was, there was a few games, wasn't there, during that season um, where you just thought, wow, I think Cardiff, Cardiff at all. Oh, yeah, St George's Day. Yeah, you know, just little things like little games and little moments where Leicester away, going to Leicester away, I think, was it Mackey, Header? Yeah, that was... Well, that was Derby, Derby, the 2-2, the last minute equaliser. You know, just just little, little momentum changes in a season that can just... Go from a defeat one second and then wow, you're on top of the world and it just builds momentum. Um the, the only time to be fair, I knew it was QPR was because we were shit in the cups. Well, always. <laughs> always. It's, it's it's mad. I, I couldn't get my head around it. Couldn't get my head around it. <laughs> I just how the hell's how the hell is this happening? I don't know. And then you, you go out on the Saturday and you, you you'd be back to normal. It was just weird with the cups. It really was. It was weird because at the end of the day, that, that I mean, we're going to talk about Blackburn the other day, but there's so many memories of that QPR side, isn't there? There's, there was a when Jimmy got his leg broke by a Blackburn away in the, the yeah. FA Cup, and yeah. uh, your man was in his face. And the, the yeah. team, the, the players that day were amazing, right, Jimmy? They were like, you, you probably looked after your pal like that day. And yeah, yeah. That was, that, that was horrible. But that's the side of football you hate, don't it? That, that's, that will stay me for everything. I've never, in my days of playing football, I'd I'm playing football. I don't think, I think I'm freaking you. I was shaved. In terms of watching football, I've never seen that. What were you guys thinking? And what was, I wonder what Jimmy was thinking that day, really, because that must have been horrible. Well, I mean, the, the tackle was a tackle. I think that's that's just the nature of football. It was, it was what happened after it that was uh, left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. You know, the way he behaved, Elhad's juice uh, towards Jamie, the things he was saying uh, were very, very disrespectful. So, uh, as a team, we, we we couldn't accept that, and uh, there was a bit of there was a bit of carnage at half time in the tunnel, um, and I then 
and then after the game as well, there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of carnage and trouble where uh, a few of us <laughs> took took a dislike to him, yeah, um, and we tried to chase him, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, he jumped in his, his silver sports car and zoomed off before anyone can get hold of him. Oh, really? I mean, that, uh, it, 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 it looked a horrible character anyway, but uh, yeah. I just felt because Jimmy was just, just so good then as well, wasn't he? Oh, he was on fire, on fire, wasn't he? I mean, he, he was, he, uh, he was everything about QPR in terms of the effort, uh, the skill, the desire, uh, and the goals he was scoring at that time as well. He was a massive part of the team, uh, and to lose him in that way and that injury, it was, yeah, it. it it did. It kicked us in, in the balls. To be honest, it was horrible. It wasn't nice. And the reaction as well. Jack, do you want to ask Clint some questions? Because I, I feel I haven't brought you in enough, and I, I apologise. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really good with the questions. I don't really know what to say. <laughs> I'm, still, still, I'm, still, I'm still too starstruck to ask you no, any questions. No, no, don't worry, no way. No way. <laughs> well, where's your boxer one day, Jack? We'll, we'll get Clint along to a fight, and. Um, yeah, yeah, come to fight, he, mate. Yeah. yeah, that'd be good. Definitely come and support you. No problem. Oh, yeah, man. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm fighting for the Southern Area title on the 27th of November. Oh, wow. Brilliant. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm a headlining, um, headlining York Hall. That's oh, a right, okay. good show. Yeah. That's not too far from here, is it? It's not too, not too far from here, is it? York where where are you down? Hartlepool way. York, isn't it? It's not too far for me. That's oh, York calls London. Uh, it's, it's, it's in Bethnal Green. Oh, forget hell. I'm thinking of bloody... <laughs> <laughs> you had me all excited there, didn't you? <laughs> so I was thinking uh, of coming in, in the ring with you, you know what I mean? <laughs> Jack, are you going to be wearing any QPR shorts or anything when you fight? Uh, no, I, I, I was planning to do that years ago, but... Like I, I just never got around to it, but maybe I might stick a badge on there or something. You could, you could, you could have like a hell number six in your back, couldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be that slow. <laughs> see, this, this is, this is, this is unfair. You see, you said this a few times, but I, I don't think you were that slow. Not a. Uh, no. You're faster than me. Yeah, not, well, that's. I don't know if that's a compliment to be honest, mate. <laughs> no, but I think you're a bit hard yourself. I think. That going back against that team, you know, you, you we could have certainly done with you Saturday with, with your man away as Boone centre halves, but um, hey, you were slow at all, big man. You were, you, were, you were decent. I mean, when we, I'll be honest, when we signed yourself and Derry and Paddy Kenny and stuff, we just thought, here we go, we're going to turn into a new world team and stuff like that. Though, and I think if we had the signed you guys, we wouldn't have had Watford and promotion. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. You guys made such a flipping difference to the whole psyche. Plus, fans could relate to you. I mean, you had such a good relationship with QPR fans, and I think you still do, Clint. I mean, from what yeah, I see yeah. in social media, you, you, you're, as, you're as open as anything, and you're, you, you still talk to the fans. It must be nice to hear from Rangers fans then again. Of course it is, yeah. Of course it is. Like, I spent six years there. You know what I mean? It was... My whole family grew up there. So it's... that, that That's all their childhood was was going to, to QPR, watching games, and, and being involved in London, and experience all those things so it's it's a massive part of my life and my kids life so it, it's always going to mm-hmm. be a special place for me always will be um i'm just i'm just glad well i can't get down there as much that's the only sad thing um but i do keep out uh keep an eye out for the scores every time and if they're on sky i'll watch them so yeah it's a special club for me and it, it's, it's it's a pleasure to, to see them hopefully at the right end of the table again have you still got contacts there, like connections for, you know, on a, um, whatever way you look back? There's a, few, there's a few people behind the scenes that, that, that I speak to. I mean, I'm every now and then. Um, obviously, Cat the Kit Man. You know what I mean? People like that. Terry, um, Caroline. You know, just, just the people behind the scenes that, that you kind of built relationships with over those six years. But, um, yeah, it's good, good club, mate. I enjoyed it. I was very lucky to play for there. Very lucky. I bet you can't wait to see a new training ground because it's going to be flipping a little yeah. bit better than Harlington, I can I thought, tell you that much. Yeah. I, I thought I'd see it in my lifetime at QPR, but I didn't. I think it was <laughs> planned when I first signed, but uh, unfortunately, we, we didn't get to see the, uh, the, the, the outfits, to be fair, but it looks stunning. It looks stunning. Because that's it's massive. Really- I mean... To, to be fair... There's um, more spades in the ground at the moment. Is it, is it ready to oh, go? It's started. The bulldozers are in. They're digging away, like... Good, good. And it's that's it's amazing though because 
Listen, Clint, it's amazing. I mean, I couldn't believe, and I still think, of all the money we spent in the Premier League, and one thing we never had was our own training ground, and the facilities weren't brilliant and and stuff like that. Whereas now I think we can really give it a go and bring QPR back to what it was. So by the time you come back, as I say, when you're a coach, it should be a lot different to when you left, you know? Oh, God, hopefully one day. I don't know if if it'll ever happen, but hopefully one day, mate. It'd be be a pleasure to come back and, and coach that team. It really would. Do you miss London? You know what I do? I do because I was I was very against it when I first went down. Um, that was at Crystal Palace because uh, my daughter was just born, um, mm-hmm. and we, I, was, I was moving down to Crystal Palace. I was lived down there for three months on my own, and I'm a northern boy. And I was like, London? Well, I don't know if that's for me. Eight pound a pint. I'm a tight northern git. So I was a little bit like, God, I can't be having this too much. Um, but I grew to love it. I did. I grew to love it, and what, what an experience to live down there. And, get into London, get out the West End. Windsor, where I lived, was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Mm. So, fantastic part of my life there, yeah. On and off the park. Uh, we, and let's listen to... Um, did you ever go and see um, Ali plays music in the in the calf? Did you... Did the team ever yeah, he, he used to uh, he used to pour us a few coffees every now and then, yeah. The, the old baristas and, yeah, he used to make a lovely latte. Uh, he's still playing now. Is he still? I still see him on his Instagram singing along with his guitar. I remember. He, I remember. Do you remember this, Chris? When he came on the podcast that time, and he said that he set his um, the flat on fire. They had to call the fire because he was doing an Argentinian um, barbecue, which I presume is half a cow. That's right. Yeah, he was like. It was one of the first things he 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 um, he spoke about when he got there. He was really proud of this. I think the lamb they'd been barbecuing on the on the roof. Yeah. It's because I called the fire brigade. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? He's another one that never got... He, he's one of my favourite players ever to, to play for QPR. What a flipping talent that yeah. boy had. And, and also the courage to come back from them ACL injuries. Jesus. Oh. I mean, the guy's got courage. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing to come back from that kind of adversity two or three times. Jesus. Because it, it's, it's not a nice journey. It's, it's nine months of absolute grind every day you know it's groundhog day every day and the, the progress is really slow when you do your ACL and then towards the last couple of months then you see progress but yeah to go through what he did and, and come out and still be a hell of a player by the way oh. still be a hell of a player after all, after those injuries wow what a character I think before his, 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 the first one he was very close to an Argentina call up as well you know I don't I, think I don't think he would have gone to I think he would have been gone, me. Yeah, I think someone would have bought it definitely. And and he can make lattes as well. I mean, how many Premiership footballers can do a latte, sing a song, and burn your flat down at the same time? <laughs> that, that's that's a rarity. Before we let you go, Clint, um, so how do you see things panning up outside there in Hartlepool these days? Is, is it is it a lot harder work these days with football clubs and than when you started? I mean, what's what's the, the crack like these days? In terms of in terms of this football club, I think it's I think the first objective was it's, it's got to survive its first year in league football for, for a mm. while, you know. And um, obviously, then you, you start building slowly and you start putting little structures behind the scenes that that hopefully progress it in a couple of years and, and start challenging. But it's I think we we're on twenty points now. We're kind of in that top half, and you know what momentum's like. You know, if you start just nicking a few results and, and hang on to the coattails of a few of the clubs, you just never know where it might take you because the fans get behind you and they drive you on. Um, and to go to, to Bradford and, and see seven, 800 fans absolutely outsing Bradford was, you just think, wow, this, this, this is the army you need to, to kind of have a good season, you know? Yeah, it, as I said earlier on, the, the money in both leagues of the conference and the League Two is just frightening now. I, I just... Yeah, it's it's a slog, isn't it? I think I think some clubs, yeah. I mean, you, you talk about the Solfords and that who, are, who have got the financial backing. They really have. Um, if, if you look at maybe the Hartlepools and other teams, then I don't think they can compete wages wise. So they have to be creative in in what they do. You know what I mean? They might have to take a couple of more young players and, and, and develop them from uh, from from clubs who don't need them, or look for some uh, little kind of gems in the mud. You know what I mean? In the freebie market. So you've got to be creative. You really have. Uh, well, you know what? I can, I can say it now. Clint Hill, 
coach of the year, Hartlepool dressed up as as um I don't know, Smurfs <laughs> again coming down the estates. But you know what? At least at least those clubs have still got their soul clean. And I don't mean to be patronizing yeah. when I say that. I say, you know, there's there's so yeah. many clubs got money, but Hartlepool is certainly a club that's that's kept it's more than just a soul and has had the frigging battles in the past as well, the way they've been treated and stuff like that there. So, yeah. And I, hopefully you guys gave them a club you're proud of, which I know that if you're involved in it, you will. And, um, yeah, do, you'll be grand. And I'll tell you another thing, Clint, you've got to come out in London one day for a pint. We'll get everyone together one day and, and do one of them podcast specials. As long as it's not £8 a pint, mate, OK? We'll go somewhere <laughs> and cheaper, yeah? It's, it's getting there. But the last time I saw you, you were walking the last direction from your hotel and the, the podcast night. We had to put you in the right direction of your hotel. <laughs> I'll be me, that. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, thank you ever so much for joining us, mate. It's always a pleasure to have you on and hopefully we'll get you on again for an update during the course of the season. Um, Very much, guys. All the best this season. And Jack, good luck with your fight, mate. I hope it all goes well. Thank you very much, mate. Good luck, pal. Cheers, Cheers, Glenn. See you soon, mate. Bye. Bye. Everyone needs a Clint Hill, don't they? I mean, what a a guy. It's interesting what he said to London, though, isn't it? Like, you often think that with people coming down from up north, that they must think, it's so different to what it is. They must get surprised when they realise it's bloody brilliant. Well, I, I always think when there's, you know, if there's a if there's a, a player that we're interested in, there's three or four other teams, you know, that from up north. I always think that we've got the upper hand because we're a London club and everyone wants to come to London. But mm. I guess that's not always the case, is it? It's like... it, it? Yeah, it depends on the character and the player and the age as well. If they're a certain age, then you think, well, maybe London's not the best thing for them at this age. They'll just, yeah, get yeah, left kids and stuff there might be in school you just think that you know London is the big draw but some people I've always said it though Joe and Jack and and Chris I think QPR is different because it's a London club with a very northern mentality of a van base I mean you know the way we behave we all know each other we all we all enjoy the crack I mean taking 4,000 to Peterborough and Saturdays no mean feat for a half our fan base for God's sake near enough Mm. (laughs) you know what I mean like it's it's not bad at all but we'll, we'll talk about I don't know what you can talk to Kent Hill on that. I'm still a, still a wee bit of a buzz on it. Like I know he's been in the podcast loads, he's done live ones like that, but and we always ask him similar sort of things. But he's just he's such good value, isn't he, Chris? I mean, he never changed, will he? No, yeah, and he was he was like a real kind of bedrock of that team. Um while he was there, just super solid, always knew exactly what you'd get from him performance-wise. Um brilliant for us, you know, in both leagues, really. I mean, and he wasn't that slow. I think he's a bit hard on himself, though. He, he read the game well. Um, right, Blackburn. You know what I'm going to mention, don't you? That spin by Albert. I mean, Jesus Christ. Apparently, it's the most viewed thing in Chilean TV ever. Um, where did it come from? I mean, to do that in the rain as well, it was pissing down at that stage. It was... Ah, that was... that was We needed that win, didn't we? Let's be honest. Joe. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't make it along to Black to Blackburn because um, of work commitments. But I watched it, I watched the the stream of it, and you know, it was the way we came, the way we, the way we played on the whole, um, was a lot more positive, a lot more attacking. Um, that was not to say that Blackburn had a different agenda. They 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 set up to do the polar opposite to kind of. To stop us from playing, I think they were looking for a point from the minute one. Um, but our attitude, I was impressed with it. I was particularly impressed with Adoma. Um, he was positive from from minute one, taking players on. Which you know, although we play wing backs this season, we're meant to be getting down those flanks a lot more than we actually are. We've been told that you know Moses has got frightening pace and Sam's quick as well. But I've not seen him skin a man like Adoma did numerous times against Blackburn. Um, so it was, it was really good to see that really that positivity, you know, looking to take people on and get to the byline and whip crosses in. So I was really impressed with that. And I mean, we were patient. It took a long time. Um, we had our chances. The, the the referee didn't help. We 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 could have had at least the penalty. Um, but when the chance came to to chair, I mean, that was just unbelievable. Wasn't it? Great finish. Uh, and deserved win as well. There was just like, even after the game, um, the Blackburn manager came out and was like, yeah, we just wanted to frustrate him. Is it nick a win, nick a point or something? I know, it's just, it's embarrassing to like, I'd be embarrassed as a fan for my manager to come out with that kind of defeatist attitude after losing a game like that, where you clearly went to just not 
lose and then you go and lose. It's just, I'd be fuming, especially if I had spent all that money to go down the train. It's a long way to come on a, you know, on a weeknight. It's, it's, it was more the case of when you see a team that's playing Bradley Johnson, you know what you're in for doing it, let's be honest. You know that someone like him, who when he came on the pitches, is going to be an absolute shithouse. I mean, they were kicking the ball away in time with. I mean, you know, obviously some QPR fans go a wee bit aggie with the fans playing keepy up with the ball and throwing it around and stuff. But I think it was more to show the, the keeper and them that, you know, they, they would take, we can take the piss too. And they were losing by them. But it's just, it's not a nice way to watch football. I think Preston are king of the dark arts by a long way. But Blackburn and Mowbray, I mean, I saw that interview and I thought, that's not very positive, is it? It's like to come down here for straight and just basically kick the ball away, time waste and take lumps out of the players. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather not watch football than watch that, you know. I think, because they're not a bad side. They've got decent many players. It's a waste of talent as well. Yeah. That's the most embarrassing thing because you're, the, the wee fellow who's, obviously, I think he might be from Bradford, is like Bradford Blackburn, is Chilean descent that they're getting they're being picked up on. He, he looks a quality player. Although he, Albert made him look really stupid and I enjoyed that. Yeah, I quite, that's why, you know, that just makes me appreciate the way we play now. Um, yes, we concede a lot of goals, but, you know, we're the second top scorers in the league, so I'll take that all day long. You know, you're going to entertainment value. Um, yeah, it'd be nice if we're a little bit more solid at the back, but I'll take it. Well, it's nice. And I mean, to be in the position we're in, I'll take it all day long. Even, I know we, we went about the full of match and that was a bit of a diner and stuff, but you're still massively positive about the season, aren't we? And in fact, it would take, as I say, 4,000 plus down to Peterborough. It shows that the fans are back in this side. When are you getting your arse down to the away game, Mendes? Well, when I can get a ticket. It's so popular at the moment, aren't they? Um, when you get your arse to a home game, Mendes? <laughs> no, I've been to a few this season, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. You tell me. You know, I was like, I'm not as lucky as you, Joe, getting offered tickets left, right and centre from Finney, yeah. Oh, I had to pay for it, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, but for anyone listening to the podcast, these are people that couldn't make the game. We don't get freebies. Oh, exactly. um, the club have never tried to bribe me. I wish they would. I'm easily bribed. Mm-hmm. No one's ever tried. I'm obviously not worth it. And um, that makes me sad. Jack, did you, you did you say you got to Blackburn game or did you not get to it? Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, I was I was there with my missus. Yeah, what do you I, think? I thought we I thought we did really well. I thought the first half was a bit slow. Like it wasn't not really much happened, but I thought like in the second half we come out and it looked like we really had a point to prove to prove. And I thought Albert, as you said, had an amazing game. And then uh, and like me and my girlfriend chairs like our favorite player, so it was nice to see him get a goal. Like um, I brought my missus to two QPR games. We've got two wins, two clean sheets, and chairs scored every single goal. So I think she's our lucky charm. I might have to get her down a couple more games. <laughs> she did she come to the fights, Jack? Uh, she, well, um, I haven't fought in like two years, and we've only we've only been together for um, six months. But she's always down at my uh, my gym and all that. She watches me spar. She you know she comes down to the track with me. She watches me do my road work and everything. So nice. she's very very supportive. Hopefully, you're still together next time we play Fulham away. Take her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so though, it must be hard because often wonder how family members. I mean, I'm. I mean, you'd be surprised. I'm not a boxer. I've never boxed. I know, look at his physique, you probably think, how could you not? But um, I just, it must be awful for families like your, your parents, your girlfriends, your mates, that they're, when they go to fights, because it's, it's not an easy thing to watch, is it, sometimes? Mm, yeah, it, it, it all depends on, I think, like people's um, kind of like mentality towards it. My, obviously, my mum, when I used to fight, she could never watch. She was, she was just, she was there, but she wouldn't be watching. But yeah. Um, mm. But then, like some some people that I've brought down, just absolutely love it. Like my sister would like absolutely loves it. Every time I fight, she's like screaming her head off like, all the time. Like so, she's backing you, right? Sorry, she's supporting you, right? Not yeah, the other yeah, person. Supporting me, yeah, not, not the other guy. Yeah, my sister would be supporting the other one. Um, <laughs> and that's nice. So it's weird, isn't it? So you're fighting on the 27th, right? I got this mm-hmm. of November. Yeah. <sighs> Nice if you got on the pitch at QPR before that to sort of get a wee bit of feedback off the fans, wouldn't it? Yeah, do you know what? I, I when Tony Fernandez was in charge, that it almost happened. Like I messaged him a couple of times, and he was like, "Yeah, like he wanted to have me on the pitch and all that." But it, I don't know what. Like it just never, we just never got around to it. So it would, it would actually be really nice. So I'd love, I'd love to do that. Uh, I think after this podcast, mate, you might be seeing you on the pitch. 
Maybe, hopefully. Very... If, we're planning, if we're planning when we don't like, can we give you a few names and son will knock out? <laughs> of course you can, mate. Of course. Good man. <laughs> Are there many um, QPR fans in the boxing world? Um, is that a thing you mix with? Um, one one lad actually come down to um, one of my fights before. And funny enough, I, uh, on Twitter, literally, I kind of got a lot of attention on QPR fans because where I live in Ickenham, I was walking home from a sh- from the shops and uh, someone recognised me off Twitter and he was like, oh, you're the, you're the boxer of Twitter, aren't you? And I was like, I was like, oh my God, someone recognised me. I was like, yeah, I was like, I, was like, I am. Yeah. And then, um, so then I went home, I forgot his name and I, I put it up on um, Twitter. I made a video. I said, I'm looking for this kid. He lives in Ickenham. And it got like 2,000 views. It got like, like 30, 40 shares. And I ended up finding him. And I give I've given him a free ticket to my fight, so he's gonna he's gonna be there. So yeah, we're, you know I'm, I'm building up my following slowly but surely on Twitter of QPR fans. I didn't well, realise you live in Ickenham. I'm just around the corner as well. But, uh, oh, are you? Yeah. I was gonna say we have a beer next time at the game, but I don't know if that's part of your regime for boxing or just <laughs> some kind of, yeah. after the 27th we can. Nice. nice. <laughs> okay, man. Well, I'm gonna try and get along to the York call that night myself. To be fair, but I am. I'm commonly known as a scud. Every time I turn up, something goes wrong. So hopefully, um, <laughs> and Joe knows this on Saturday, um, only too well I turned up and that one went wrong. Now, it'd be brilliant to see many QPR fans down there. Maybe a flag mm. and get some QPR sh- um, sorts of out with the club and that stuff. That. So watch this space, Jack. I think you're going to yeah. get a lot of backing from QPR fans and that'd be brilliant because we need someone out Love there. I mean, that. when you're going for that world championship and you've got your hoops on, mate, it's going to be a brilliant night. Yeah, it'd be amazing, mate. It would be amazing. Uh, Hopefully we can get it down. (laughs) Hopefully we can get it down. Um when that time comes, hopefully I can be at what's the oh I forgot the stadium's name now. I'm just so used to calling it Loftus Road. Kai and Prince Foundation. Foundation. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can get it down a fight down there one day. Can you imagine that like? Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I I I could be the guy with a sponge, but I don't like blood. I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm betting, you know, if I get covered in someone else's Claret as Londoners say, I'd, I'd, I'd probably faint. But now that, that, do you know what? That'd be, and you never know if you don't drink, it don't happen. Yeah. It's that you could be the ring announcer, Finney. The what? You could be the ring announcer or one well, of the guys accident. holding up the signs in between rounds. <laughs> I, I could do that. You know, I could do that and I could get pelted with eggs. <laughs> ah, do you know what I mean? That, that'd be amazing. Right. We're, we're coming to the hour's end. Um, I'm still. I'm loving having Chris back. I think Chris used to make the podcast because he's he's just probably one of the funniest people I've ever met, Chris. And it's so nice to have you back. And um, I'm going to get you back more this season because, you know, obviously with things going on in your life at the time was not very good. And um, it's nice to see you back. So we'll hopefully have you on more this year and get you down to some games as well. And you can buy me a pint. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's lovely, um, lovely words there. Very nice. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be back. Ah, good. Right, ours end. Jack, um, a message for QPR fans before your boxing match. What would you like to happen? Well, uh, firstly, hopefully we can just rack up some more wins. I have a big, I'm very hopeful we can make the playoffs this year. And yeah, man, if we're not playing on the 27th. I think it's like international weekend. So, you know, if you... No Somebody's not now we're playing either. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so there's no football to watch. So, Come, come down and watch me, man. Support me, your local QPR boy, and it will be a banging night. Uh, good man. We'll, we'll, we'll get as many as we can down there. And then your call, Loftus Road, Pay and Prince Foundation Stadium is the next move. Chris, have you got an Oz end? Oh, by the way, Jack, sorry for go. How can people follow you on Twitter and Instagram and all the social networks? Oh, yeah. So my, my Twitter handle is Jack underscore the punk. Um, Instagram is Jack underscore the punk kid underscore Hughes and Facebook is Jack Punk Hughes. They're my handle. So yeah, if anyone wants to jump on, follow follow the journey, feel free, man. Are there still tickets, tickets available for your fight? Yeah, yeah, there's still tickets. So there's two ways to get tickets. You can either get them off, off me directly if you're local to the area, or there's a ticket link that's on the bio to all my pages, and you can get you can get tickets there. Brilliant. And hopefully as many Ridges fans. And when you knock the person out and you hear a big URs, that'll be a great night, won't it? Yeah, that would be amazing. That's the dream. <laughs> Good night. Chris, what's your Oz end? Oz end is, yeah, Fulham game was disappointing, but bounced back already. Things are looking up. And um, Peterborough shipping goals at the moment. We're scoring goals for fun. 
It's going to be like a 5-2 win there. Then we've got Sunderland at home. So hopefully we get past them and then get Chelsea at home in the next round. And what a game that would be. Yeah. Um, this is the hours end bit, Chris. The predictions is a bit after this. Remember how you still work with me? I know you've been, you haven't been around for a while, but yeah. Okay, so your hours end was actually your prediction. Fabulous. The hours end was the last bit, wasn't it? What's happened? No, we've changed it, mate. Oh, we did the hours end, then we do predictions. Jesus. Yeah. You bugger off for three years and you forget how it works. <laughs> Jesus. And we'll come back. So that's your hours end, is it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. you don't have to come back to me. Jesus, make me make him feel unloved, people. Jesus. Joe, what's yours, ours end? Uh, mine is kind of what I mentioned to you in the pub on uh, on Saturday, was that whatever whatever happens next season is going to be very different to what we're experiencing this season. We're either going to somehow sneak up and, and be in a different league above and probably not enjoying that very much week to week because we know we all know what that's like to be in the Premiership. And if that, that if that reality doesn't happen, the other one is we stay where we are, but we will 100% lose probably our best players. Uh, we'll probably lose, you know, if we stay where we are, we'll lose Chad, Senny, I mean, Willock probably. So that, that likelihood is that we'll be in this division and it won't be as enjoyable again because we, we will have to sort of start from scratch again. So my R's end is to enjoy this season. Like, I'm really enjoying it every game. Even we come away from a, a disappointing defeat against Fulham, but we bounce back again and I'm really enjoying watching this team. So I'm just going to kind of live in the moment this year and, and forget about what happens next. Well, I didn't catch that. Could you try again? <laughs> um, um, hello Joe are you recording our podcast Siri disagrees with me apparently <laughs> Siri's a Chelsea fan <laughs> oh, that's brilliant oh, Joe. yeah we did discuss that Joe and I think you're actually 100% right I think we've got a bit the most this season and um, yeah just enjoy it right and God knows where it's going to take us where we'll be next season who cares just enjoy it my hours end is pretty um, quick and simple, Chris. I've changed format as well. I'm not doing 100 hours end anymore because they go on for hours. So it's quick, simple. I've been asked by um, Cindy Grohl to thank everyone who supported in the London Marathon and everyone who was so kind to her at the, um, the, the recent games, I think the Blackburn game and, everyone, and the Preston games. Everyone was really kind and came up to her. She wants me to thank everyone on her behalf, which I'm very happy to do. And well done, Cindy. It was good to see so many QPR fans do the marathon. And they completed it as well. I will be doing it one day in my next life because I'm sure as hell not doing it in this freaking one. No chance. Not a hope in hell. Christ alive, no chance. Wow. You people are brave. Not me. Thanks very much. I'd rather not bother. Um, and secondly, I've been doing some, I think I told you this Joe last week, I've been doing some work down Spurs on a, you know, sort of professional level. And these new stadiums, they're all very nice, but gave me the Cayenne Prince Foundation Stadium any day of the week. It's just, I don't know, it's just not the same. Or they're all good. At Tottenham, it's very nice and lovely people and a lovely stadium, but it's just not my cup of tea. And um, it makes me worry about how, if we do change, how these new stadiums are built. I'd love us to keep, if we are going to move, keep it as it is and just move it somewhere else because these new grounds, and they're not the same, are they? I mean, is that me getting old, do you think, chaps? Am I just an old fart? Yeah. Or is our ground special? It is special, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, I agree. I haven't actually been to Spurs for a game before, but um, it seems like it's close to the pitch and it retains the atmosphere. Not some, I'm not sure about around it, but but I think as long as we we keep the, the characteristics of the stadium that we love the most, I think it's inevitable we will go to a new stadium at some point in the future, whether it's in like five years or 15, whenever. Um, just, yeah, in, in order to move forward, I think it's necessary. But um but yeah, I, I kind of hear, hear, hear where you're going a bit. I'm, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Loftus Road yet, so it's all good. And also, Jack hasn't won the World Championship there either yet. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it'd be wrong to move that somewhere else. Because my fear is we'd end up down the A40 corridor. If anything else falls through, we'll end up in, not for the thing wrong with Greenford and that sort of thing, but I like W12 and I'd love to stay in or, or Roots. I know we've moved around 13 times, etc. But to me, it's just QPR is W12 basically. Um, right. And the other thing I'm going to do now is, as I've changed it, Chris, since you were last on in your last life, um, predictions for Saturday. Um, I know you've kind of done yours, um, 
Chris, but do you want to just run by in case anyone missed it? Did you say 5-2? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit more reserved. I'm going to say 4-2. Oh, okay. Any, any couple of more goals by Cher, a couple more stunning free kicks, uh, a, a lovely run by maybe Albert if, he, if he's fit enough to do a game or thanks, Brace, yeah. what, what, what do you fancy? I fancy, um, I fancy Cher, yeah. If, if Jack brings his girlfriend to the game, then he's definitely going to score, obviously. <laughs> um, he's already scored half the goals he did last season and he's, he's on fire. Chair and Dykes, 4-2. Excellent. Uh, Jack, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'll go 3-0, Dykes 2, Chair 1. Okay. I'm liking the optimism. That'd be a great result, by the way, if that happens. Not mm. to concede, we're flipping brilliant. Um, Joe? Uh, well, 3-1. Yeah. I, think, I think we'll lead 3-0 and then um, we'll probably, you know, in typical QPR fashion, spend the last 10 minutes worrying once we can see the silly goal and, you know, that'll be that. Or it'll be like Willy Windy or something. We'll do like a goal kick and it'll come back and fly over his head or something. Something stupid like that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a QPR thing to happen. Well, I think we'll win 4-0. And I'll tell you for why, because I think the... Um, well, we have to. There's no two ways about it. I think we'll win 4 0. I think Dice will get three and one from Cher. So there you go. And then after that, we're going to just sail towards end playoffs and then win promotion and give up place to somebody else so we can set the championship. We don't get those horrible half and half scars, the touristy fans, and all the crap that goes in the Premier League. Um, guys, you've been amazing. And wasn't Clint Hill just flipping fantastic? You could get him on all week, wouldn't you? Just, just press record, ask him two questions, and let him talk. Brilliant. Yeah, legend. That's how Joe. It'd be brilliant. Thank you, mate. We'll get you on again. Chris, despite the piss ticket, it is fabulous to have you back. And um, I just used the word fabulous. Jesus Christ, I'm getting posh. Um, Thanks for having me back. Hey, mate, it's great getting you on more often. And Jack, what a debut. And I really, really, really hope as many QPR fans get to see it. You're called the 27th as physically possible to get in there. You get some real backing from the Oz fans because it'd be great to see a, a champion fight for you, fella. And good luck with the, the box. And hopefully I'll see you before then anyway, maybe down Rangers. Yeah, thank you very much, mate, and thank you for having me on. That's a pleasure, mate. You've been brilliant. <laughs> Come on again. When you've I will, got mate. Any, any time you need me on, just let me know. We're more than happy, mate. An absolutely outstanding debut. Thank you for listening, everyone, to Open All Hours, the QPR podcast, and thanks again to Clint Hill. Thanks, everyone. Come on, you ours. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>